Less than two months until the midterm elections, Republican governors are pushing to make immigration and the southern border a key issue. Meanwhile, President Biden and former President Trump are out making their cases for voters. And here to discuss it all, Amy Walter of the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter and Asma Khalid of NPR. Tamara Keith is away. Hello to both of you on this Monday to talk about so much. I do want to start with a rally that, uh, Amy, that uh, former President Trump had over the weekend weekend in Ohio, where he was making a number of statements. And at one point, or during the rally, there was music played, which has been compared to the theme song of the extremist group uh, beliefs with a, an extreme set of beliefs called QAnon. Let's listen. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never, ever before. We've got a federal bureau of investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public. So people holding up their hands and the symbol that, again, that seems to suggest QAnon. But what, where, where does this leave uh, the former president as he goes out and tries to appeal to voters for the candidates he's campaigning for? That's exactly the right question. And it's one that many Republican strategists, especially strategists for candidates in so many of these swing states, Arizona or Georgia or Nevada or New Hampshire, would like the if the former president comes in, they would like him to stick to a script that focuses less on 2020 and a lot more on Joe Biden and the economy. But how many times have we heard that from Republican strategists who would tell us always off the record, if only President Trump could stay on message. Someday, maybe he'll be able to do it. But his message is for his voters. Now, the, the reality is the people who made it through these primaries in these key Senate races were ones that Donald Trump has endorsed and supported. And those candidates are now trying to spend these next 50 days showing their basically trying to pivot away from Trump, away from the uh, idea that they are part of this extremist group. They don't want this election to be a referendum once again on Trump and his views on a whole bunch of things. But he continues to talk about these things. And Osmond, right. you've been out on the campaign trail mm -hmm. uh, in, in recent times, in recent months. What do you, what do you see? How do you see these these remarks and this this message playing. I mean, it is this sense, right, that that we see time and again President Trump is making this midterm election not about a, a referendum on President Biden. Right? We always hear that that's the case, and that's not what the, what's happening. And I think that's much to the delight of Democrats that I talk to. There's a sense that if this were truly just a referendum on President Biden, say on the state of the economy, that would be a bigger challenge for Democrats. But every time President, uh, former President Trump interjects, and you know, it just it turns the the conversation away. Way. One thing that I am sort of confused about, though, I will say, I was in Florida the week that the Mar-a-Lago search took place. And I went to a Republican club meeting there, was speaking with a number of women, and there was a sense that perhaps more than the economy, that the search of the former president's home could really energize mm -hmm. Republican base voters. So I, I will say that, to me, is still unclear, the, the degree of energy that might have for Republican base voters. But when you talk about independence, I mean, no, I, I don't think right. this is really energizing them. Yeah. And, and I 
mean, and, and we'll see, because that, that issue of what happened at Mar-a-Lago is still playing out in the sure. courts, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. So there's a new poll that comes out, and we don't look at, we don't pay attention to every single <laughs> poll, but this one struck us as interesting. This is the New York Times in Siena College, mm -hmm. looked at Hispanic voters and a large group of Hispanic mm -hmm. voters, uh, voters they, they surveyed, Amy, and what they, what you see should be good news for Democrats is 56% say they're supporting Democrats, 32%. Um, uh, uh, Republican, on the other hand, right. that's the, the Democrats <laughs> want to think they're going to do a whole lot they're better They're going to win 70% of these mm -hmm. voters, which is yeah. when we what were talking. That's right. The past. They have yeah. done in the past, certainly during the Obama mm -hmm. era. And remember, Obama, his message in 2012 and, well, 2008, but it continued in 2012 was, Basically, one of democrat demographic destiny mm -hmm. that eventually the uh, the fact that this country um, is getting uh, uh, more uh, more and more folks who are coming in who into the voting age who are Latino, that's only going to help Democrats. I talked to a, a Democratic uh, group today, actually, who put out their own uh, numbers on Latino voters. Mm -hmm. They are focused, or progressive organization focused on Latino voters. They had very similar data. Their takeaway was this. Um, the good news is... We're not doing any worse among voters, <laughs> uh, Latino, than we were in 2020. We seem to be just sort of stuck in where, where things ended up in 2020. And the group that has moved the most, not surprising, um, younger men, and the economy still the biggest mm -hmm. issue. It was a big issue in 2020. It's obviously an issue there. The other thing uh, this person told me is, you know, look, um, these, these voters... We assumed for years that at the end of the day, they were always going to break for Democrats. We can't assume that anymore. What are you hearing about this? I agree with that. I mean, there's also geographic diversity, yes. right? And you do see that Republicans tend to do better with Latino voters in both Texas and Florida, obviously both of those being very key states um, as we look to the midterm election yes, cycles. But a lot of votes. I mean, right, I, I think that there is a sense, as you were saying, that for years Democrats had assumed that they would be able to gain a certain percentage of Latino voters. And we saw that the former president did actually better with Hispanic voters in 2020 than he did in 2016, I think, to the surprise of many Democratic analysts. But what I hear often from specifically young, younger Latino voters is a sense that the Democratic Party has taken their vote uh, for granted for yeah. years and they want greater outreach. And on the flip side, you have seen a Republican Party that is making a strong effort to court those same voters. Well, and the demographics now working against Democrats, it's younger or maybe more middle-aged, 30s to 40s yeah. uh, Latinos yeah. who are more Republican-leaning. It's actually the older voters that are the most supportive of Democrats. So as new voters age in, that doesn't necessarily mean a good thing for Democrats. What can what can Democrats say, Osmo? The, I don't know that it's always a saying. This is what I hear, right? That Republicans have shown up that after, I would say, the 2020 election, they built these um, centers in different communities, right, to specifically court uh, minority groups, different groups, but specifically, let's say, in a certain communities, Latino voters. What I heard in 2016 and in 2020 from specifically younger uh, Latino voters was the sense that Democrats show up around elections cycles, right. and then they disappear. And there is a sense that 
that there's not been a lack of, in, uh, that there has been a lack of investment in infrastructure and follow through on promises. And look, you know, the Biden administration came in promising comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, you know, to his credit, President Biden did put forth something right at the outset when he came into office, but it's gone nowhere. And I think there's a sense of frustration from some younger voters who do want to see immigration reform, who wanted to see permanent status, yeah. not just a deferred action status. It's been the case. Yeah, it, it, I mean, this, uh, this, I, this just echoes, Amy, campaigns I've covered, frankly, for decades. Mm -hmm. Right. With, with Latino, Hispanic voters saying, we're just, they come visit us yep. right before the election. <laughs> right, and African-American voters, too, which has yes. soured many of those younger voters. Um, but remember, too, this is, uh, again, the for the flip side, where Democrats are doing better. This Democrat said to me, look, Republicans still haven't really sold these voters. They haven't really finished um, you know, or closed the deal, right? That, yes, they can get a certain percent of the vote, but there is a wall that uh, those voters hit with um, with uh, Republicans. Drive A lot of it is derived from the fact they still see Republicans as the party of the wealthy and the elites mm -hmm. and... There we go. And we can't forget, again, how diverse this Latino exactly. vote is. Mm -hmm. It is not monolithic. Amy Walter, Ozma Holland, thank you both. Thank you.